Greetings, Hampton Park. Today I'll be talking with Drew, our pastor for teaching and preaching, and Ben, our pastor for administration. I think one of the things that stands out to me when we gather both on Sunday mornings and on Sunday evenings is our emphasis on prayer. And this comes through all service long, all gathering long. Uh, We do it a lot, and we seem to be pretty intentional about what we're doing when we do pray. Uh, We generally, on a Sunday morning, will have four different public prayers, one of confession and repentance, one of praise and thanksgiving, one of petition and intercession and then a a prayer of response to close our time together. Why is it that we give so much attention to praying when we gather on a Sunday morning? Well, first off, you have the you have the example of the early church. I mean, you have the book of history of the early church, and one of the things that they're constantly doing is coming together in prayer. And as we look at healthy church life and what that actually looks like, you know, you have the teaching of the epistles, you have the history behind that teaching in the book of Acts. And so uh, even though there are some unique features to that time, uh, one of the features that ought to be part of church life in any generation would be that that praying. And I think the other is very practical, is it's so easy for public prayers in particular to become very generic um, and kind of not focused on anything um, that is really aligned with biblical emphases. And so when you start looking at the biblical prayers, you start seeing prayers that are very, very focused, very targeted. Um, and I guess a third, a third area, and, and Ben, I'm, I'm sure you have more to add to this, but it, 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 when we're all praying together, we're also um, modeling uh, what biblical praying should be, um, and, and we want to be encouraging a, a robust kind of prayer life uh, where folk are, are focused in talking to God in the various areas that we see laid out in Scripture. I think the modeling part that you just mentioned is a is a really big part. I hope I hope that our members, when they are focusing on prayer throughout their week, are praying in very similar ways to the ways that we're leading uh, our church to pray corporately on Sundays. I was just thinking through it in terms of if if we believe God is who He says He is, exalted in all of His glory perfect in all of his attributes, righteous in all of his actions, then then it has to be really important for us to know how he wants us to come to him. And, um, and scripture makes that clear for us. It makes us clear that that God is worthy to be praised. Um, and so we want to we want to take time just as the scriptures do to just praise God for who he is and that's it. Sometimes it's it's even awkward for us to just pray a prayer of praise, and yet Scripture gives the example that that's something that we should just land on and spend time on. And so that's you know that's uh, a good thing for us to do corporately. Um, and then because of who God is, the reality of who God is leads us naturally to confession and to uh, a. a a clear recognition of who we are in light of who God is. Um, and so I think it's good for us to, to take time to remember that we're not coming to God because we're worthy of it, but we're coming to God in spite of who we are and in, in, uh, in light of who Jesus is on our behalf. And then 
God isn't just far and exalted above us. I, I love that's why I love our prayer of intercession because we we take time to come to God like we would come to a father. And um, once once we are a part of the family of God, God is our Father, and so we we bring all kinds of things to Him in the prayer of confession, or I'm sorry, in the prayer of intercession, um, where we're just we're coming to Him like like to a Father, asking um, for Him to work on our behalf. In the prayer of petition and intercession, we regularly pray for another local church. We pray for a government official. We pray for a different country. We. We do that each week. Why is it that we choose to pray for those things specifically? Let, let's start with the local church. Well, just overall, that question, what I love about that question, it actually, and I'm glad that Ben's uh, part of this today because I had preached on First Timothy 2.2 2 yep. about praying for all people. And in a subsequent uh, pastoral body, pas- pastor's meeting, staff pastor's meeting, I think, Ben, were you interning then? I was an intern. Uh, okay. Um Ben said, why don't we act, instead of just telling people to do that, why don't we model that? Why don't we actually do that? So how long ago was that? Oh, my. It's 20, 2012. Okay. 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 So a long, a long time. And so, so here you had this, um, like, you know, praying for all people. And as we thought about doing that, you know, one of the obvious groups of people you'd want to pray for is other local churches. And and for our church, I felt like it was important, you know, if God if God wants us to pray for people everywhere, then you don't you don't draw your lines with the people who only the people that do things exactly like we do. Um and so we intentionally broadened our prayer from maybe churches that were most like us to churches that we knew uh, preached the gospel. Okay. And they might have a number of other dissimilarities in terms of their style or format or whatever, but, but we wanted to bump out that heart for other people that belong to Jesus, and we felt like it was a good first step, at the very least, toward actually obeying what that passage was. And and people noticed, um, and it, it created some concern, and yet there in the scripture was our, our biblical mandate really to do it, and it, it what it tended to do is to change our hearts toward other brothers and sisters in the Greenville area and to view them in a different way. Uh, even if we might have disagreement on, on minor issues, uh, to see the solidarity of God's people. And I know, Ben, you, you have more to, would have more to say on that, but I distinctly remember when you brought that up. Yeah, and I think, um, I, think I brought up the government official because that was what we had um, prayed for. And I think others throughout the idea of the local church and then praying for a nation um, as well. You know, one of the side things I think that we hope happens as we're praying specifically for the nation each week and sharing statistics is that over time, God will use that particular area to grow a desire in some of the people in our church to to go and to proclaim the gospel in other nations, um, particularly the young people in our church, but not just young, but even if there's uh, a a seasoned couple in our church that would want to uproot themselves and go plant themselves in another place for the sake of the gospel. But one encouraging note that I would just say to all our members from, from this short example is how our pastors, and I was not one of them at the time, I was just interning, but 
just an example of how our pastors are continually shaped by God's word. Uh, life by the book is not something that we just throw out to other people, but the pastors of our church want to reg be regularly shaped by God's word. And this is just an example of how it was the fruit of, fruit of good biblical teaching that led us to adjust the way we did something in our service, which I think has been very fruitful for us. And when you pray for somebody, your heart opens to them. And <laughs> yes. so, you know, take your government officials and we don't, we, we don't choose just the ones that would see things like we do, <laughs> uh, because it says to pray for Kings and all who are in authority. Um, it, it, when you start praying for a person, it opens your heart to them and you, you start to have a more sympathetic heart toward them and what their needs actually are. It's a little it's a little bit harder to go turn around and trash somebody um, when you've been praying for them. If there are, are real needs there and, and even wickedness to adopt a, a stance toward them that would be a uh, redemptive kind of stance and and praying praying just like opens your heart it's like you want your heart to be wide as the world and and that's what you see in the apostles that's what you see in Jesus heart um, and when we're talking to God or talking to the God who causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust and had while we are yet sinners sent Christ to die for us and so it's it's almost like you know when you have a conversation with the person you start to pick up their character qualities. And when you're praying to God in a way that's consistent with his word, you start to pick up a, a more godly attitude toward those that you're praying for. Yeah, I, I've noticed that in my own life. The there, there were several times when I was first here that, um, that it seemed like there was a certain government official that... It was like, oh, it's Joel's presiding again. So, oh, I was like, Fred, what are you doing to me? Like, I'm always praying for a politician X. And and it felt like that multiple times in a row. But as I, and, and it's someone that that I just, I see things differently than politically. And, and it was interesting to see myself, my, maybe some of my snarkiness that might've been there at times when thinking of him or making a comment about this, this individual, in, in normal everyday conversation, that started to wane as I actually was was praying for him more and more. And so I've I've seen that in my own life that that's been a that's been a helpful thing for me personally. As we as we think about how much time we actually spend in prayer, it's it's a large chunk. Thinking of both our morning and evening, uh, it's a large chunk of time that we dedicate to praying. And I know it can be easy. Um, I'm I've never done it, but I'm sure you guys have drifted off while someone else is praying. I mean, I mean, you know, of course, uh, but. Someone who, you know, we, we all tend to do that at times. We, we can check out or we can have the think, the mentality that they're praying and I'm just here sitting, getting through their prayer. How, how would you encourage a brother or sister to, to fight against that and be more engaged in, in the prayer that's taking place that we all are wanting to be a part of? I often say when I'm about to lead in a corporate prayer, please Please join me and persevere with me in prayer because yeah. it is a yeah, that's good. it is a matter of perseverance. And this is a really usefully practical question. I think uh, I am that person that struggles. And in fact, I like leading in corporate prayer because I struggle <laughs> to stay engaged when I'm not the one leading. Uh, it's easy to stay engaged when you're leading it. Um, but I find my mind wandering easily, so easily. So, um, a couple things that I think 
help me is that I don't always keep my eyes closed. So um, it's super easy for my mind to begin wandering or to just check out and, and doze off for a little bit if I, you know, rest my head in my hands and close my eyes. So so I'll find myself opening and closing my eyes at various times during a corporate prayer to help keep my mind engaged. And sometimes I'm just looking, opening up my eyes and looking at my feet. Sometimes I'm looking ahead. Sometimes I might even look at the one who's leading in prayer. Just things to just trying to help keep my mind engaged. The other thing that I think helps is that I will often, as I'm praying along with someone, I'll just often be whispering or saying very quietly, amen, or yes, to help myself continually be affirming what they are praying so that what they are praying is what I'm praying, which is what ultimately makes it a corporate prayer and not just me listening to an individual pray. So I'm I'm often affirming verbally, quietly, uh, that I'm agreeing with what the person is praying up front. And I, and I just throw out a plug here for, I think it would be wonderful for, for many of us to be verbalizing our affirmation of someone's prayer by saying the word amen at the end of someone's prayer, much like we often do after the choir sings, or, mm. or I could even say after the choir prays their song. Yeah. Um, many people will often say amen at the end of that prayer in our service, but it's it's less common for us to have a verbal amen after someone prays a corporate prayer. But I think that would be wonderful. How wonderful would it be if there were hundreds of us saying, yes, we agree, amen, at the end of a corporate prayer. Um, so I think that would be It reminds beneficial. me of a service we were in uh, once uh, visiting another church where they had assigned uh, different people particular request and and after each person prayed these pretty much sentence prayers the entire congregation would join in chorus with a with a amen and you you really had the sense of kind of everyone like with locked arms and joined hearts that we are praying this together as we pray yeah yeah that's that's really helpful for us to think through um Thinking through the evening gathering, several years ago we adjusted uh, we, we adjusted what we did during that gathering to some degree, and one of the things we did was include more corporate prayer where members of the congregation were praying for a variety of things. What was behind us making a shift to doing something like that? I think it really relates to what we just talked about um, in terms of the the congregation having more uh, direct, obvious participation in um, praying together. You know, we also connected um, various ones of them testifying uh, as to what God's been doing so that the whole congregation would know instead of instead of maybe just the life group we, we essentially were looking at can we can we take some of the dynamic that we see in the small groups in the life groups can we can we somehow amplify that into the larger group in order to be actually more consistent with what we're reading in the book of Acts, the way they were praying, where they actually had a much larger gathering there in Jerusalem than we we have. And, and somehow they incorporated that. And it, it also gives some more latitude for uh, both men and women to pray. And um, and I would love to see us even expand that further with, with having uh, on occasion children pray. Uh, I'll never forget uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon's book on only a prayer meeting um, talking about the 
the importance of hearing the lambs bleeding in the flock and not just the, the older sheep talking to the Lord. And it, it gives that sense of uh, that we're family, that we're all uh, involved in, in praying to the Lord. And we thought that was an important dynamic for our congregation to have. And, and, and for the praying, you know, it's, it's very easy and sometimes for a, a worship service to become almost like a concert uh, or something you're watching someone else do. And we felt like we needed some kind of, of service where the whole congregation is there, but that's more interactive and, and more participatory um, in actual uh, actions and words. So we tried to incorporate some things like that into the yeah. service. I, I, say, I say yes to what you said about children. I, I can't remember if it was a teen that prayed or or shared a testimony. I think they might have prayed, but I'm not sure which one it was. And for some reason I had stepped out and I was in the lobby and I was walking and I was right in front of the main doors as I was walking, listening to this teenager and they hadn't started yet, but their, their name was called. And, um, and I just did a big fist pump in the, in the lobby. I was just so excited because in, I, I probably am accurate to say in almost every teen meeting that we have, um, I've encouraged our teens that that they can do what we're doing in this teen meeting when we pray like like their parents are in the auditorium, um, that they can be part of that in the main gathering when they're in there. And so that was so encouraging that we've had a few teens participate in that way. And I think having teens and children um, just adds to um, adds to that time significantly. Yeah. The only thing I'd add is that um, one of the other things I think we thought through was when is a time where we can have our members praying through spiritual requests that are things that we want to see God do among us as a church. Um, we, we often in smaller groups pray for physical needs, which, which is something we should pray for in each other. But uh, we kind of pack our evening gathering with with the kinds of things that Paul prays for the churches. Yes. Um, yep. what, are the, what are the spiritual realities that we want to become our realities as a congregation and, 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 and coming to God together and letting members of our church lead us and asking God to do these kinds of things among us? Yeah, that was going to be my next question is even deciding on on what we pray during a Sunday evening. I know we have a, um, if, if you're around for long enough, you'll hear similar things repeat themselves. Where, where do those things, where do we draw those things that we pray for specifically on Sunday nights from? Well, some of them are coming from our core values, which are rooted in, uh, Acts 2, 41 to 47, um, kind of the, the kinds of activities that ought to characterize the church or mindsets that ought to characterize any church at any time, uh, that we find snap shot of in that uh, passage, you know, believe, learn, love, worship, witness. And of course, we've, we've put a lot of emphasis on that, but we want to we want to not only teach those things, but because they're they're divinely inculcated kinds of things, we want to ask God, uh, petition God to 
to bring those things into our lives. And related to that is our, our church covenant. We've committed these things to God, but we we acknowledge that we need God's help to actually love God supremely and love one another graciously and reach the world compassionately. And then and then Ben initially had the responsibility of, of kind of mapping out some of those areas. And so he had the core values, he had a church covenant, and then uh, what he called culture-shaping prayers, um, like um, that we would see ourselves as Christians as being more than, uh, as being a provider, not just a consumer, um, that we would consider it dangerous to hide sin, that we would deal with another sin, uh, sin with forbearance and forgiveness, um, that God would use the regular preaching of the word, et cetera. And then we, we also... Um, you know, whatever goals we articulated for a particular year to pray regarding those and then to pray for specific groups of people um, who have have special kinds of challenges like our shut-in members or retired members or um, people who who once were married and now aren't, and whether it's death or divorce, um, parents that are rearing children, um, our, our teenagers, you know, d- different challenges that go with different seasons in life and different situations in life. And then, and then also to incorporate some praying for various ministries. So trying uh, to kind of tease out what you see Paul pray for, uh, what you see Jesus pray for, what you what you have modeled in the New Testament, um, and then try to think through what would that look like in terms of our families and our church body as a whole and our world. You know, I, in listening to you uh, describe all those, I, I think that maybe aside from sitting and listening to the word together, to use a phrase that you used earlier in this talk, Drew, I think that time of praying together in the evening may be our most arm-locking, arm-locking, we're in this mm-hmm. together, we're seeking God together, we're committed together time in all of our gatherings. Like that that time where we're ha- members of our congregation are, are leading the rest of us in, in these kinds of spiritual requests to God, like, that's where I feel like I'm arm arm in arm with everybody else in the congregation saying, yes, let's let's do this. Let's go after this. God, please do these things among us. And it's more more than just, okay, you're a pastor, so you're supposed to do, you know, part of your job description is you do the praying for the congregation. But but rather, no, we as the people of God are praying together and it really comes through as members of the congregation pray. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so encouraging to hear others pray to, um, and to have others lead us. Um, as, we, as we wrap up our time today, um, do you guys have any resources that uh, have been particularly helpful to you in your own personal practice of prayer? I think the the book that has impacted me most, maybe over even the last five years, has been Paul Miller's A Praying Life. Um, That's good. Very practical, um, taking biblical principle, uh, sharing transparently his own struggles, and then giving some approaches to how you might pray that that help 
help the praying happen and both in the attitude and particular um, making sure that it happens. Um, I mean, one of the things he talks about is just um, when you're praying alone, you know, praying out loud, eyes open, you know, praying out loud. And there's something about saying it out loud that actually helps you stay better focused than when, you know, your eyes are closed and you're just trying to think through it in your head. Uh, That was just one small example. Um, I, I, that one. And then one more for me is I called a spiritual reformation by DA Carson, where he basically walks through all of Paul's prayers. And what I learned from that book in particular was how to pray spiritual requests for my brothers and sisters in Christ. So, you know, when you read Paul's prayers in Colossians one, he's praying in a specific way for them for specific things. And so I feel like my, my prayers have moved in a more, spiritual direction for my brothers and sisters. Again, very similar to the kinds of things we pray for on Sunday nights for God to do in our church. Um, that book kind of shaped me in that particular way. Thanks for sharing those guys. And thanks for taking the time to have this conversation today. Uh, look forward to the next time we can be together and do this some more. Uh, HP brothers and sisters, God be with you till we meet again.